All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Welcome into the Rocky Top Insider Press Pass Podcast. My name is Rick Butler. Joined to my left, that is Jack Foster. Joined to my right, that is Ryan Shumpert. Hey, first one in the book, first of many. How are you guys feeling? I mean, it's almost 5.30 here on a Saturday afternoon. The sun is going down behind Nissan Stadium right here as you can really see the shade start to cover the field. But it's been a day. It's been a hot day. It's been a long day. How are you guys feeling after everything? Feeling good. Feeling good. Glad to be getting on here uh, talking about the game. But, yeah, uh, a pretty boring opener for Tennessee. But that's exactly how the Vols would really have wanted it to be as they – Covered a 28.4 touchdown line uh, in, uh, there you go. in the year with a big blowout win. There you go, right? Just like Ryan said, Tennessee wins 49-13. Jack, how you doing? I'm doing well, man. It's crazy that we're staring at an empty Nissan Stadium that just had 70,000 people in it a couple hours ago, a record here in Nissan Stadium. <laughs> so yeah, we're all about setting records in Nashville, seemingly. So Tennessee broke their own record, which right. is funny, going back to the 2021 Music City Bowl. So like Jack said, I mean, more than 69,000, I believe the number was 507 people packed into the stadium right here. And they got to see a lot of points on the board as, again, Tennessee wins the game 49-13 to to go 1-0 and to start the season, defeating Virginia right here on the field. Guys, there's a lot of different directions that we could go to start breaking down this game. I mean, you think about Joe Milton starting the season as Tennessee's starting quarterback in his final season at college. You think about all the transfers that maybe made an impact for Tennessee at some point during this game, at some point either on the first or the two-deep roster but I want to open up the floor to you guys first. Just kind of maybe what was one of your more impressive takeaways or just one of, what's one of the things that you're left thinking about here in sort of the immediate aftermath of the game as we sit here overlooking the field recording this podcast? I think probably the most encouraging thing would just be the defensive line play. And it's not shocking in Virginia breaking in four new starters along, the, or along their offensive line. Uh, it wasn't expected to be great. But Tennessee, you expected Tennessee to control the defensive line. Probably pretty easily, but it, I mean it was just a manhandling, really. I mean it was absolutely dominant what Tennessee's defensive line did to Virginia's offensive line through the first quarter and change, maybe quarter and a half. Like Virginia had a negative rushing yards essentially, uh, and now the sacks had a little bit to do with that too. But sure. uh, I think maybe more than anything that might have been what what stood out most to me. Yeah, I said this had the potential of happening, but I should have dug my heels in more um, But when talking about the game prior to today. But, man, Virginia could not move the ball, like, at all. <laughs> yeah. And their offense just looked lost out there. Tennessee had their way with them defensively. Tennessee's defense just outright dominated. And, you know, Tennessee's offense had some struggles there in, in the first quarter. And, you know, going into the second quarter, they kind of shored up uh, some of that stuff going into halftime. And certainly in the second half, they were better. But, you know, it wasn't all pretty for the Tennessee offense in the first half, but as a whole today, the Tennessee defense was awesome. Yeah, the Tennessee defense certainly making strides and making notes and making headlines here after game one. Tennessee goes up 7-0 to zero after the first quarter, and then after that, it was all Tennessee all the time. Two touchdowns in each of the next three quarters, again, leading to that 49-13 to 13 victory. Now, there's a couple of positions that I want to kind of go through and talk about, but one of the ones that, that I go to first and maybe it's just because I'm looking at the scoring summary of the game and I'm seeing one name in particular quite a bit. I want to talk about the running back room a little bit. Jalen Wright was phenomenal with the way that he played today. We'll break it down a little bit more, but 115 total yards for him. Dylan Sampson had four touchdowns of his own, three on the ground and one through the air. Then Jabari Small puts up nearly 70 yards in 13 carries as well. What you guys kind of think about that running back room, just how they rotated it, how Jalen Wright compared to maybe a Dylan Sampson? What would you think about those three guys in particular? Certainly Dylan, Dylan Sampson is going to be the, the name that pops out because he scored four touchdowns, but... 
Jalen Wright was the one that impressed the most to me, and it, it was right from the jump. I think on the first drive, he had carries of six, 14, 20 yards, and he was just so consistent in doing that throughout the game. He had just 12 carries, but 115 yards, just under 10 yards a carry. Uh, it was all the things that we saw from the back half of last season that had a lot of us very optimistic uh, at the beginning of the offseason about what he could be for Tennessee this year. And then, obviously, that I think Josh Heibel even said that, you know, we saw what we saw in fall camp, and there was a ton of buzz coming from him. So he was the most impressive back to me for Tennessee. Uh, just his vision, the physicality he ran with uh, was really, really impressive. And obviously, you look at the numbers, 12 carries for him, 13 for Jabari Small, 13 for Dylan Sampson, very balanced. I'll be curious to see if that remains the case as Tennessee gets into some more competitive games. I wouldn't be surprised if Jalen Wright, uh, at least the carries-wise, it separates uh, where he's very clearly the number one guy. Yeah, they all three had solid days, and of course Sampson scored the four touchdowns, but Jalen Wright was the best Tennessee running back on the field today by a long shot. He looked so good, so explosive, had the vision, had the patience, checked, checked every box you could possibly want today out of his performance, and you look at that line, 12 for 115, you may think that there's a couple of big runs or maybe one big run. That was not the case. His longest rush of the day was 21 yards. That 9.6 yards per carry is a true 9.6 yards per carry. He was just mowing through the uh, the Virginia defense today, and it's encouraging for what kind of junior season he could have this year. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Ryan, something that you just kind of mentioned a little bit and you guys were certainly talking about during the game, one of the things that we think we noticed about Jalen Wright is just that we heard a lot of talk throughout training camp that he was going to come back at this season and be a more complete running back. And, again, I think you saw a lot of shades of that today. I mean, this guy was able to run inside the tackles. He was able to run it outside. We saw him catch some <laughs> a little yeah. bit at the beginning of the game, right? There were just a lot of, uh, to me, it was a very overall complete effort from Jalen Wright. Uh, his body shows that way. His run style shows that way. But really, think about him as a running back. Brian, you touched on it a second ago. The vision is really impressive. But to me, it's also a combination of the footwork right, that he's able to have. It's a combination of the balance that he's able to have on the field, able to keep that low uh, center of gravity. And it's hard to tackle him. I, I thought they, they all really did a pretty good job of getting maybe through that first tackle. And, and maybe they didn't get fully through it, but at least kind of carrying their defender forward a little bit. You could just tell that, hey, there was some complete running backs in the room today, specifically Jalen Wright in particular. He's just hard to bring down. Sure. He had a one play in the first half that was very similar to the nice run he had against Kentucky last year where he kind of gets hit in two directions and spins and keeps his balance. And he had another one. It might have been his least yardage run of the day of Tennessee. Maybe the first play of the second half runs a little uh, a little shovel, shovel pass to him. Did not look very natural. Didn't work very well. And he gets hit in the backfield, stays on his feet, gets about two, maybe two yards before he's pushed back. But it was just another example of how hard of a guy he is to bring down. And it felt like consistently today he was picking up two, three, four uh, extra yards after uh, he was – it looked like he was going to go down. Yeah. yeah. He just he just took Tennessee's offense to another level today. When he was on the field, good things happened. I mean, that first drive was all him. Um, you know, one of those drives in the second half was all him, and Tennessee scored touchdowns in both those drives were arguably their two best drives of the day. And Ryan mentioned it a little bit. You know, 12 carries for Jalen Wright today – 13 for Samson, 13 for Small. That's fine against Virginia when you're, you know, it's the season opener. You know you're going to win big. But when you're in big games against big-time SEC opponents, you're going to want to have the best players possible out there getting the most snaps possible. I think that's going to be Jalen Wright come midseason. Let's switch to the other side of the field real quick. You know, something that we might have touched on in the lead a bit, and actually we also touched on this. In case you missed it, Ryan and I did a post-game stand-up right there down in the field at uh, Nissan Stadium after the game. 
Ryan, you were talking about really the, the efforts of the defensive line today and just how important that was, especially early on. And I know you're going to touch on the player in specific, but I really felt like the defensive line did a great job of setting the tone for Tennessee early on. You saw them have two sacks right there in the first quarter. Just kind of expand a little bit. What did you think of the defensive line? Who stood out to you and why? Well, Tennessee had four sacks today, 11 tackles for loss. Uh, it was a, just a dominant effort across the board. I felt like everybody who played probably played pretty well. Jamie Pierce is probably the guy that stood out the most, sophomore edge rusher. Uh, just He's built like an edge rusher with just his long arms, long frame, super quick first step off the line. And it was at least somewhat surprising. It felt like he was behind Roman Harrison. He was behind Josh Josephs in that Leo rotation. And Harrison did start at Leo, but uh, we got a first glimpse of what Tennessee's you know third down pass rush package looks like and that was with James Pierce and Roman Harrison on the ends and then Tyler Barron and Omar Norman Lott in the interior so you see that right away that's a role that James Pierce is going to be in a lot assuming Tennessee can get teams in third downs and third and longs and he was just super super impressive even uh, you know just two sacks about to say just two sacks two sacks uh, but plenty of other hurries or plenty of other plays where he affected the pocket, affected the passer. So he was really impressive in the Omar Norman lot, too, with another guy that when Tennessee got him from Arizona State, you know, I didn't have a ton of super high expectations. The guy I thought would be in the rotation would play. Probably not a huge difference maker. We heard a lot of uh, good buzz coming out of fall camp about him, and he was really good today. It felt like he was in the backfield a lot. And a little bit smaller side for a defensive tackle, but it, it makes him effective. Uh, kind of in that pass rush package. It does. Yeah, look quick, too. Uh, James Pierce is the name that, you know, obviously comes to mind after watching today, and it was a little bit of a surprise, as Ryan said. You expected him to be behind Josh Joseph, of course, behind Harrison, but, man, comes out today and just wreaks havoc along uh, for on Virginia's offensive line. Just, you know, maybe maybe he's in store for a big sophomore season. He got it off on the right foot, and, man, he just had a lot of twitch day, a lot of quickness. You like what you see, and he's off to two sacks today. So. Yeah, and I think that was the thing coming out of training camp is you watch that room during camp, and you see that, hey, there's some guys back there, but the question was who's going to step up and really be that undeniable edge rusher for Tennessee. You knew that Roman Harrison was probably going to start as the most experienced veteran. He certainly has something to bring to the table. But then you also had a Josh Josephs behind him. And James Pierce Jr. maybe got on the field a little bit less than Josephs last year. So to me, he was honestly maybe the biggest mystery coming into this season. Certainly he gives you a lot of he gives you a lot to be impressed about and a yeah. lot to a lot to continue to want to keep watching as the season goes on. He might end this game to me as okay, maybe he might be my most fascinating player to watch. At least right yeah. now as the season rolls on, just because I did not expect two sacks no. in one quarter from that guy. And Tennessee aimed to get him involved. I mean, he was in there in the first quarter in a multiple packages, multiple different types yeah. of packages, third down package specifically. So this is a guy that's going to play. And I don't know what he was doing in training camp, but you guys correct me wrong. Like None of the coaches I, I really ever felt like yeah. I was like, Hey, man, this, John, this James Pierce guy, he, he looks like a different player than he did as a freshman. Now, I'm sure somebody might have said that to a small extent, but... I don't know if anybody was kind of projecting the sort of instant impact that yeah. he kind of showed you on the field today. No, I mean, we didn't talk to him any during uh, training camp. You know, I think a few off, you know, offhanded compliments, but nothing, no full, you know, paragraph. This guy looks different. Yeah, like paragraph tangent or, or flashy things said about him. So he was impressive. I think we'd be remiss not to mention Tyler Barron, who had two sacks today, was really impressive. A guy that Ronnie Garner did talk about some uh, in training camp as they felt like was more selfless. 
this year, putting the team first and felt like he could be in for a big season. So that was a good start. And another guy, I know he's not on defensive front, but I thought played really well today was Elijah Herring, a linebacker. It yes. just felt like Arian Carter, he played not quite full two-team backup. Elijah Herring, I thought, got a lot of snaps pretty early in the game. Was pretty clearly, I thought, their number three linebacker, and yep. it just felt like he was around the ball a lot when he was in there. Yeah, did you, did you see Caleb Perry today? Maybe they're very the, the, yeah, It felt yeah. like Carter was ahead of Perry, and Herring was yes. ahead of Carter. Yeah, I would agree. That was a very and really, you know, in the past few years, and some grants sometimes they've have, they've only had three linebackers to play, but when they have had four inside linebackers, like last year, it felt like they would go, you know, if let's say Jawan Mitchell and Jeremy Banks started a game. Those starters changed pretty frequently last year. It would be Aaron Beasley and Solon Page in together. Today, that wasn't the case at all. They always had one of the main linebackers yep. in the game with one of the backups, at least in the first half, at least till things got out of hand in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Guys, we've talked about the running backs. We've talked about the defensive line. We just talked about the linebackers a little bit. We haven't talked about the quarterback, which is a little wild considering we're nearly 15 minutes into this show. We're going to talk about Joe Milton a little bit. Obviously, we know that this is going to be his final college season. We know that this is what everything has been building up to as he takes back over as the starter, but this time for a full season ahead. Um, 21 of 30 for 201 yards, two touchdowns through the air, two touchdowns on the ground. Maybe even could have had another one in the air instead of on the ground. He had a couple options in that one end zone play a little bit earlier into the game. Ryan, what did you think of just Joe Milne's ability to operate the offense today, to run it efficiently? Josh Heupel was complimentary of the efficiency running everything today and his operational skills. But what did you think about Joe Milton, just what you saw on the field? Uh, I thought it was a pretty solid performance. Nothing great, uh, nothing horrible. Obviously, you know, it. everything with the offense is going to fall on him. And, you know, Tennessee was stagnant there in the second quarter. They had, I think, five straight, four or five straight drives without scoring. Now, granted, he threw what should have been an 80-yard touchdown pass on one of those. that got dropped. Um, but still, some little mistakes. Uh, nothing you hit your panic, the hit panic button about, but also nothing you saw from Milton today. Screams. Heisman Trophy, you know, candidate. Yeah. Oh, man, this guy's just so unbelievably better. So we'll see. Uh, things will progress and we'll learn a lot more. But certainly, I think, a, a solid debut for Milton. Yeah, really only missed two throws that I can remember. Brewer on the sideline, threw it hard to the left, and then he, he threw it too high to Ramel going across the field on a third down play. and then back, Those were back-to-back plays, too. Yes, they were. It was the same drive. And uh, it was a three and out, I believe. And he underthrew Ramel Keaton one time, but Ramel, you know, Justin made the catch, kind of making up for his drop earlier in the game. But, yeah, not, not any wow plays for Joe's day, but he had four total touchdowns. I thought it was really solid and got the job done. Yeah, you know, actually, it, it was even interesting – Josh Heupel kind of mentioned it. We also mentioned it a little bit in our stand-up as well. You know, he said that, hey, some of our skilled players a little bit, maybe it took them a minute to get settled into the game. And he listed a couple different reasons for that. He said, you know, hey, it was hot down here. Maybe it's game one jitters. Maybe it's just the, the different uh, the different field turf or the, the different field environment that they were going through. But these guys did settle in a little bit. But I thought that made a play a little bit. And, and Joe Milton, he actually answered, and I think he said, you know, I, I think he maybe dismissed that a little bit or whatever. But, yeah, you saw Tennessee's offense maybe start to, I don't want to say struggle. That's certainly not the right word. But like you said, it took them a minute to get settled in. But then I think exactly what you guys said. There was nothing nothing that stood out too crazy. Nothing was necessarily bad. He just did a good job of getting Tennessee down the field and, and you know, appropriately handing, handling the lead that they had all game. Yeah, he did have the one ball maybe on the second drive that could have been intercepted. He threw over the middle, uh, got yeah, deflected. That's right. Really, in the big play things, that, you know, it doesn't bother me. 
we know we know Joe Milton can do the spectacular. You know, we we're writing about we're spending July writing about him throwing football eighty five yards at the Manning Passing Academy. We know that he can do things that drop your draw or drop your jaw. The question for him is just how consistently can he do the operational things in Tennessee's offense and make the easy throws with just consistency. And you know, two plays today that stood out, one on each side. First touchdown, Dylan Sampson, four and five at the nine yard line. Field sh- shrunk. He's getting to his third, fourth read. Gets it out to Sampson in a, a to the naked eye. That's an easy throw. He's just throwing it out in the flat. But Sampson doesn't have full speed there. If he throws it behind him on a play like that, all of a sudden Sampson doesn't have the angle to get to the corner and score, and he stopped short. So that was a good decision-making play and an accurate throw on an easy throw for Milton that turned into a touchdown. Otherwise, it might have been a fourth down stop. On the inverse, I think it, I want to say it was the third drive, maybe the one after Keaton dropped the touchdown. Tennessee gets kind of about down to about the 30-yard line. They have second and three, second and two, something like that. He throws an incompletion. Tennessee's trying to go quick to run it. Well, he does, Tennessee's receivers aren't set. He snaps the ball. Tennessee's receivers aren't set. They go backwards five yards, and he takes a sack on third down. And Tennessee's out of field goal range and has to punt. So that I thought was two instances, one of him being really good and something that's not going to wow anybody. It's not going to, uh, you know, flash uh, on a highlight tape tonight after the game. And then one where you talk about that operational stuff, the consistency that Milton wasn't great on. Uh, but overall, for the debut of the season, I thought he was pretty solid. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, we talked a lot about the good, but there there was a little bit of early season troubles, I guess you should say. And it really kind of came in the special teams department. Things that Tennessee, you would imagine, are certainly going to work to clean up this week. Uh, but a little bit of trouble in the special teams department. It looks like, uh, what was it, Jackson Ross, I think, had a, had a couple of really short punts. I, I think Shanks even, if you will. I think one was 17 yards, one was about 27 yards. So that was something interesting to watch. I know Josh Turbeville had a couple of... Uh, couple of kickoffs that did not stay within the white lines that were going down the field as well. And then D. Williams has a has a fumble on one of his punt returns. That being said, D. Williams absolutely showed the electricity that he has yeah. on the field. I mean, like Ryan said but during the stand-up, even before that fumble, that was a really great punt return overall as well. So uh, I think that he is certainly one of the bright spots from the game, even despite that fumble. But, I mean, they've, they've certainly got a little bit of, uh, of kicking troubles just after this yeah. first game. And, again, I, I'm not – projecting that for the whole season. We'll see what happens afterwards. But after this first game, if you want to point to a little bit of trouble, there was some there. Yeah, I'm not concerned about D. Williams. I don't recall him fumbling last year, and he's always been pretty sure-handed. But the kicking is a concern today. Uh, Jackson Ross didn't look that great out there today. And, you know, as Josh Heupel kind of took up for him in post-game, he's, you know, it's his first game in a new country playing this style of football. So, you know, naturally it's going to work itself out. But with the kickoffs, you know, a couple go out of bounds – it, you know, that's not necessarily a huge worry of mine. You don't want to see that in big games, though. You know, that those kinds of mistakes won't hurt you against Virginia because it's Virginia. But, you know, in SEC play, that's not something you want to have happen, especially the shank punts. No, no doubt. And I think one thing maybe a positive, I don't even know, just other thing that stood out, there's not a ton to talk about, about shank punts, shank punts, or, or shank punts, and we'll see if Tennessee gets it figured out. You know, we heard in fall camp that uh, Jackson Ross can kick with both legs, I didn't really think we'd ever see that. Right. Or maybe in an emergency situation where he drops the snap. and He's running to the yeah. other side. Yeah. Well, we saw him kick with both legs today. He went <laughs> yeah. right on his – both of his shanks were right. I think most of his punts were right. Then he went left on one, too, and really was one of his better punts of the day. A little more of a line drive, which obviously is a rugby-style kicker uh, or punter to begin with, so you're going to see that more. Um, but, no, that was, that was interesting, and it'll be – not that it's anything sexy about it, but it'll be curious to see how Tennessee uses that uh, and, you know, maybe 
trying to, to cover punts and, and do some different things to not allow uh, opponents to set up for returns on punt plays. And I know, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I know Paxton Brooks didn't just stand there like a statue and punt the ball last year. You know, he had some movement with his motion, but it feels like there's more movement and there's more delay in the punt with Jackson Ross back there this year. Yeah, I, that yeah, no, I think it's just a classic Aussie style where yeah. they're going to run him. I mean, the one he went left, they brought a, they brought a guy in motion <laughs> and he ran that way to block for him. Like, yeah. It almost looked like it was going to be a fake punt and he was going to take off running with it. But no, it's it's full Aussie style, roll out five, six yards and punt it on the run and have those low kicks give your time, your guys, your gunners time to get down there while you're kind of buying it in the backfield. You know, and even what's interesting about that too is that I'm looking at the stats right here. We talked about that one that went 17 yards. I think Tennessee punted it from their own territory and then it stayed in their own territory. But he also had as long as 50 on the day, right? So yeah. there is a big range there. I think you can tell that there is a big leg there to Jackson Ross. And obviously we know this. This guy is also huge. You know, you yeah. probably saw it on the field. I don't know the exact height, but he's a big guy. So you can tell that there is a big range there. There is a big leg there. But he's kind of just getting adjusted to the sport of football. Now, I hope Tennessee certainly wants to see that adjustment happen sooner than later. But I think you did see that big leg at times and just need to clean that up for Tennessee. Because, Jack, ultimately you're right. That's not going to hurt too much in a game like this. And yeah. against Virginia, that I don't even know if they moved the ball after either of those shanked punts. But you need to kind of clean that up going forward. There's going to be a lot of times where Tennessee punts in inopportune situations this year need to pin the defense back as far as they can. Yeah, you just don't want to be messy, and that that's the word for it, those kinds of mistakes. Those are just messy mistakes. And I expect Mike Eckler, you know, get that stuff cleaned up. But just, you know, this Tennessee team, if they're going to be a 10-win team, if, if you will, you can't have those kinds of mistakes and that kind of messiness. So I don't think we'll see that a lot, though, this season. I have confidence that, you know, this will just be – you know, this will maybe be the worst game for Tennessee special teams because it was pretty ugly today. Yeah, I mean, it was – you saw a lot of first-game messiness. You know, yeah. stuff that you expected. And it was really – like, not all of it was just in the first half, but a lot of it was A lot of it was in the first half, yeah. you're right, yeah. And it felt like really from just a jump in the third quarter what Tennessee went. Touchdown drive, four and out maybe for Virginia, or maybe they got one first down, and then Tennessee stopped them on fourth down and scored again. And Tennessee did just seem like a, just crisper kind of yeah. from the jump in the second half. What else did you guys see on the field? I mean, what have we kind of not hit yet? What have you guys seen? Maybe quick last-minute takeaways. There's still plenty we can get into. Yeah, we talked a lot about the lines of scrimmage for Tennessee heading into this season, and we talked about on this podcast how great Tennessee's defensive line was, and I just want to hammer home the fact that this Virginia offensive line was really bad, and I'm not trying to take anything away from Tennessee's pass rush or their defensive line performance. It was great. But this Virginia offensive line is really bad. This offense is as inept as it gets. On the flip side, I thought Tennessee's offensive line did a pretty good job today. That's been a big question mark. And as you see with Tennessee's rushing totals, they did a heck of a job running the ball. So I thought how Tennessee, you know, did on the line of scrimmage on the offensive side of the ball was really encouraging because Virginia's defense is pretty sound. They were missing Chico Bennett, but this is not an FCS-level defense, even though it may be an FCS-level offense. So I thought that was one takeaway I had. Sure. Uh, One note on both those. You know, first offensive line, I would agree, was solid, not great. It'll be – it felt like they subbed just a ton. Like, yes. we knew they would play multiple guys. Yeah, it was a it ton was, going on. I'll be curious uh, when we get the snap counts and, you know, have that at the PFF phrase tomorrow, everybody, or on Sunday, everybody will be able to look at that. It, it just felt like there was a ton of rotating there. Um, but, you know, we're all solid. You know, one sack, the run game was pretty good. You get stuffed on one, fourth and one. And that's, you know, something where – there's so many things Tennessee's offense did good last year that wasn't super sexy that made them so elite. Scoring in the red zone, touchdowns in the red zone every time, how good they were running the ball on third and fourth and short. Those are the things that 
uh, you could take for granted really, really easily. And are the things you think about with Josh Heifel's offense, uh, I think we'll be curious to see how it goes as the year goes on. And then, you know, on the other side, everything Jack said is right. The Virginia offensive line is terrible. Virginia offense is terrible. I'm not sure it's quite an FCS level. That's not, that's not even my argument point. <laughs> <laughs> it's like bad. It's like bad. It's like Akron level. I don't think it's like Tennessee Tech level. Yeah, it was a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. But it's definitely not a power five off. No, no, it's it's not. Not even close. I will say the defensive line to me was so good that it gave not optimism that oh man Tennessee's pass rush is going to be amazing. This is the best defensive line in the SEC. It did give me real optimism that Tennessee's defensive line could. I'd be taking another step forward. I mean, Tennessee defense line was good last year. Not great, good. I don't know if it will be great, but I saw it was so good today to make me think, all right, this, not for sure, you know, you need to see more. You're not drawing a ton of conclusions after game one, but to make me think, yeah, they, they really might be another step better than they were last season. Yeah. yeah. One thing that I, I noticed just kind of scanning around the, the scoring sheet and everything after that here in the post game is that there was a point in the game from the second quarter to the fourth quarter where Tennessee scored excuse me, six touchdowns in seven drives. A pretty good showing right there. And then what was really impressive and something that I think you've noticed from the Josh Heupel offense in the last two years leading into this year. And again, I know the opponent comes into question here, but Tennessee scores their first drive of the first half and their first drive of the second half. Yep. To me, that just feels like a Josh Heupel staple. Feels like yep. Tennessee is really good at, and again, when you give them a little bit of time to plan a drive, or, or, you know, they either have halftime, they have the week leading into the game. Tennessee is pretty darn good on that drive, and obviously they were in this season opening game as well. They scored the first drive of the game, and then they scored their first drive of the second half as well. And again, there was a stretch there from the second quarter to the fourth quarter where Tennessee scores six touchdowns and seven different drives with only a punt right there in the middle that was a three and out for only six yards. So certainly an efficient showing by Tennessee there in the middle section of the game. A couple of punts at the beginning, some, you know, punts sprinkled in towards the end. Uh, but I really liked what I saw from Tennessee, and again, just that ability to score right at the beginning of the game, and then their first position, the se- possession of the second half. That's a to me st- feels like a little bit of a staple of what Josh Heupel wants to do, especially when you give him a little bit of time. You're right. An additional note: I, I know it's the first drive of the game, but I'm pretty sure Tennessee's first touchdown drive in the second half, which was their first drive, was when Jalen Wright had the ball a lot too. Yep. So. I mean, it just backs up the point that it felt like Jalen Wright was a bell cow on the yeah. first drive. He had like the first yeah. five touches of the season. Too, you know, you could tell Jalen Wright got tired on that first drive, and Dylan Sampson talked about it. He's like, oh, all the reasons to score four touchdowns because, you know, I'm spelling these guys in the red zone, and then I score. You know, yeah. it's just kind of <laughs> how it goes because Wright was getting them down there. So, you know, I, I think like it backs up the point that Wright brings their offense to another level, and when everybody's fresh, everything goes well. Yeah, there's no doubt. Last, last thing. Sure, uh, go ahead. We're about to wrap up. Dante Thornton didn't get a lot of play today. Uh, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, Squirrel White got a little dinged up there at the end. We'll see what yeah. happens with that. But didn't feel, I didn't see one on the field a lot today. I just didn't. Dante Thornton had, it looks like, four targets. He had two receptions, 12 yards, yeah. 14 yards after the catch, and a seven-yard, uh, excuse me, a, a long of about seven or so. So, yeah, a little bit. I, don't know, I, just, I just didn't but see But I, I kind of take that again into – I think I, th- I felt like early into the game, Tennessee was not doing a lot of downfield passing. There was a lot of screen passing right there on the line of scrimmage or to the running backs in the backfield. To me, it, that kind of plays a factor into that, yeah, the, the skilled players just kind of weren't settled in at the beginning of the game. Maybe that changed up Tennessee's offense a little bit. What did you think about the thing? Uh, no, I mean, he was out there. I didn't feel like, I don't think the degree Jack did, like, it just didn't feel like he was out there much. He definitely, Squirrelite definitely played more than him. 
And, he, you know, he, it didn't seem like they did a ton to try to get him super involved. You know, one other point kind of on the same subject, and this might go into it some too. We talked about, you know, Tennessee's only played three receivers in the past. We think they'll play four. And then you kind of have Chaz Nimbrella and Caleb Webb as two guys that, you know, probably aren't going to break the lineup and play a ton. But they're sophomores. They're going to need to play in the future. You want to keep them happy. You want to keep them coming back to Tennessee, not entering the transfer portal. Both of those guys got a good bit of run in the second half today before Tennessee was emptying the bench, um, which, again, it didn't directly lead. I don't think of Thornton getting less snaps, but it, it was something on the receiver rotation that stood out to me as well. You know, one more thing that I just want to mention here at the very end. Uh, Virginia running back Mike Hollins, he had three rush, uh, three rushes on the day and then one reception on the day as well. Really interesting story there is he was one of the players that was involved in that tragic situation going back to November, the shooting that took place on Virginia's campus that you know ultimately took the lives of three of their football players. But Mike Hollins was uh, one of the... One of the guys who was injured in that accident as well, he underwent a lot of surgery, returned to the field for Virginia during the spring game, and then obviously led the team onto the field today. That's just a cool story to see. Obviously a guy who, who's gone through a lot and who went through a really tragic situation last year. Tennessee uh, acknowledges that situation by wearing the Virginia decals on the back of their helmet. It was a different helmet than, or excuse me, it was a different decal than what they wore last year, specifically honoring those three players. So I thought that was a really nice and classy move from Tennessee. Again, nothing we did not expect. and. Heck, we even heard about that from Josh Heupel on the Monday leading into the week. But it was pretty cool to see those guys, to see Mike Collins out there and just the, the tribute and, and kind of the, the honor they gave him leading the team out into the field. Yeah, no doubt. It was super cool, a nice uh, moment of silence before the game individually for all three players. So uh, definitely think both teams did a good job of uh, honoring the loss of life from last November. Gentlemen. That is going to wrap us up today. Thank you so much for hanging out and doing this podcast as we get this, uh, get all this information to the people. And speaking to the people, thank you for listening to this show today as we bring you the first of many, the first of many podcasts this season that will be done in the aftermath of these Tennessee football games. Win, lose, or draw. Probably not a draw, but win or lose, we will be back here after each game to talk about it on the podcast. Be sure to also go to, over to the Rocky Top Insider YouTube account where you can see instant reaction. You can see press conference videos from the game today. You can see a lot of good stuff over there. And then, of course, make sure you're checking out www.rockytopinsider.com each and every day as we are officially now in the full swing of football season. We will do our best to get you as much information as we possibly can, whether it's analysis from the game, whether it's big and crazy moments from the game, or anything that happened in the aftermath, we will have that too on RockyTopInsider.com. And then, of course, you can follow at RockyTopInsider on any different social media platform out there. We are at RockyTopInsider. If you want to follow Jack, you can do that at Jack Foster Media. If you want to follow Ryan, you can do that at rshump00, that's S-C-H-U-M-P. And if you want to follow myself, you can do that at Rick underscore Butler. That's just R-I-C underscore Butler. So you can go and find us there. Otherwise, man, we're going to be back over at RocketTopInsider.com soon, getting you all the information that you need to know. But of course, thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. Please go ahead and leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a review. We would love to hear from you here as we get this season started. And also, if you have any suggestions, please lay that down as well. We will read that. We'd love to hear from the audience, and we will get that ready and go, uh, good to go for the season up ahead. But until then, thank you so much for listening to the RTI Press Pass podcast. For Jack, for Ryan, I'm Rick. We'll catch you back for the next one. Be good.